Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, March the 5th. In this week's edition, we're going to discuss the latest legislature, a vaccine showdown between Governor Hutchinson and the Arkansas Supreme Court, and Alice Walton's new medical school in Northwest Arkansas. I'm joined as usual by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So it was, uh, I think it's safe to say that every week bad week. Uh, this this yeah. week was was no different. Uh, we talked last week about uh, the total abortion ban uh, moving through the Senate. It it uh, cleared the House this week, and the governor indicated to actually sign it. That was probably the biggest um, the biggest piece of legislative news. But there there's just it it's impossible to talk about and almost all of the Right there. I, I'm hearing. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 something went out on me. I'm sorry. Oh, you want me to list some of the chamber of the parade of horrors? Is that sure. the idea? Oh, I see. <laughs> see, that was a lead well, into that. Well, of course, the the governor wimped out and signed stand your ground legislation, which will increase homicides and be enforced uh, discriminatorily in Arkansas. Not not really any surprise. He uh, he alibied by saying, well, law enforcement didn't oppose it anymore. I mean, he knows better. He knows it's bad law, but he also knows that a simple majority would override his veto and that they would do it instantly. Uh, he said uh, the bill to uh, make it harder to vote absentee by requiring a photo ID was was OK by him, too. He said if it turns out people have a problem with well, the legislature could move to fix it. Well, that's that's nonsense. They won't they won't move to fix it. That they won't do it, and the idea is to have fewer people vote, and it's one of many voter suppression bills Republicans are introducing around the country, and I expect we'll see some more of that this session before we're done. Oh, you know, and then after that, what? I mean, they're gonna they'll start jamming through the transgender oppression bill next week that prohibits transgender girls from participating in girls' athletics. Oh, there's a just a barrel full of legislation. Some of which is seems likely to pass because the governor's power has been diminished so much that will limit his ability to make emergency declarations in the event of things like pandemics. Uh, they're proposing legislation too to allow the state of Arkansas's attorney general to review presidential executive uh, orders and challenge them in court because, after all, Arkansas is mightier than the president of the United States. I, I don't know. I mean. You could just go through it, and it's it's just kind of one thing after another. It's it's like a flying of nudist colony. You hardly know where to land. The targets are so so many. <laughs> well, yeah, and the, there was the the stunt bill uh, or, or proposal by Attorney General Le Leslie Rutledge and some. some oh, <laughs> yeah, and apparently this is a cookie cutter bill too. They they Greg Abbott says they're going to introduce one in Texas too, and it's. It's to uh, allow people to be sued under the uh, Trade Practices Act if they unfairly censor somebody from a internet platform. I mean, this is, of course, about Facebook and YouTube and Twitter uh, blocking Donald Trump. It, it's unconstitutional. Any decent lawyer will tell you it's unenforceable except by utter 
unfair standards. I mean, how do you describe what is fair and good faith and not good faith censorship? I mean, I mean, to my point of view, not allowing somebody to publish serial lie after lie after lie is, is a good faith action. And there's also the problem that, I mean, th- th- there is a legal argument about is Facebook and Twitter a publisher or are they a news medium or not? And, but, but essentially this is a violation of the first amendment. I, and I think it could affect newspapers. They could come in and say, you can't, you can't block somebody from saying something in, on your newspaper website. Well, I think you can. I mean, freedom of speech means freedom to not speak just as well as it means freedom to speak. This is this is just junk legislation playing to the peanut gallery. And I mean, the, the sad thing about it all is, is Leslie Rutledge is an idiot. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she's trying to get as far right as Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's not quite as big an idiot, but who's just as mean. The, the problem about all of this is apparently their belief, and perhaps it's poll-based, is this, this is good politics in Arkansas. That's the most depressing part about it, is that this is the kind of thing when you say it, in my limited world, people say, God, that's horrible. What a terrible place you live. I want to move. But, but the people who feel that way are in a, in a distinct minority, I'm afraid. Uh, there's there's a, a good piece of legislation uh, scheduled to be heard in Senate committee on Monday, which probably means that it's doomed. It's, uh, it's a bill from no. Joyce Elliott that uh, would require the state to release school district from state control. Right, and it just couldn't be simpler. It says if you've got, you're a district that's been under control for the state for five years, and Little Rock's been more than six, and you now have a democratically elected school board, which Little Rock does, you should have full control of your schools. Seems only fair to me, and I, I have no idea what's going to be said in opposition, but there will certainly be opposition, because I don't think the Hutchinson administration wants to let go of control of the Little Rock school district, which they still have. They still control it in meaningful ways and with and with the inherent power to extend it whenever the district does something they don't like. I mean, we have, they can control the superintendent, they can control personnel policy. They required the creation of a high school that's created all kinds of problems for the district. They even went so far as to order who should be hired as principal and what the name of the school should be. So uh, th- th- there's, as long as there's not true control, there's no control. Uh, no matter how hard the the very good Little Rock School Board reelected tries, that's that's the situation. And meanwhile, the state is continuing to harm the district through expansion of charter schools and school vouchers. And uh, I think it, it could be that that we are past the point of of of, 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 of saving the district anyway. I hope I'm wrong, but the outlook's not good. Yeah, one of the the so-called guard rules, guardrails that the state has in place for the school board is that it can't recognize teachers union. There's also legislation filed by Bob Ballinger and others that would prohibit all government workers from uh, from unionizing. Sort of a, a back. Which 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 interestingly, he's now amended the, the most powerful unions in Arkansas, and that's the Fraternal Order of Police and the Firefighters. So it's okay for them to unionize, but not anybody else. And and what you're left and well, actually, there's only there was only one still functioning teachers union in Arkansas, and that was the local for the uh, Little Rock School District. Otherwise, 
you're talking about the service employees who work at the med center and AFSCME, which is the American Federation of State County Municipal Employees, which is doesn't have a big footprint in the state, but is, has a number of members in Little Rock. So, you know, it's just once again screwing people that they don't like, and unfortunately that that's likely to meet with some success at the Arkansas legislature. All right, well, let's move on and talk COVID. Uh, the big news of the week was uh, an order from Chief Justice Dan Kemp saying that uh, court employees, lawyers who do business in the court, all should be eligible for vaccine. Well, it, it, well it, in criminal court, and that's a, that's a rub that has some people in the civil end of the court system not very happy that they were left out. I mean, first of all, I'm sympathetic with their problem. When court is fully operating, you have juries, you have defendants, you have lawyers, you work in sometimes fairly close quarters, and justice delayed is justice denied. Jury trials have been on hold for months. Cases are stacking up. Uh, there are all kinds of interests to get courts moving again. They're a fairly essential part of society. And so I, I understand they've apparently had a, a committee working on trying to get the courts moving again. And the recommendation from the committee was is that the, the real key is getting people vaccinated, which I, I agree. But I think Dan Kemp just made a, a real strategic blunder in, in ordering immediate eligibility for vaccine. As at least one law professor said in the Democrat Gazette today and others have said, I'm just not in, there is some inherent power of the courts to order some things. And there is a, there is a, there is a theory by which courts have some inherent power, but control of the vaccine in Arkansas is now pretty clearly by statute and emergency order under the control of the governor and an executive agency of the governor's office. And I just don't think he can make them do that. I think somebody on my, there was some opinion the U.S. Supreme Court issued when Andrew Jackson was president. And Jackson said something like, well, Justice Marshall's had his opinion. Let's see him enforce it. Well, that's, that's now what we're faced with here. I noticed that Dan Kemp, I think, told AP yesterday, says, well, we're just, after the governor said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to open it up to court employees. He said, well, we're just going to see, we're, we'll just have to think about this for a while. Well, yeah, they should. And Kip also made a mistake in, in, in leaving the impression, at least by his wording, that they were only asking equal treatment to the executive and legislative branch. Government workers have been declared essential workers by definition under 1B, but they have not been made eligible for vaccine yet. So it's not true that people in the legislative and executive branch are getting shots while judicial branch are not. I mean, again, I, I go back to my, my feeling, which I think I've expressed to you before, maybe not here, that I think the governor has not moved far enough, fast enough on releasing vaccine, either by making more people eligible or by having mass clinics. His excuse has been that the, the dosages aren't sufficient to do that, but we're looking at a half million extra doses now. It's time to start putting them out. I think part of the problem is, is relying primarily on this loose network of pharmacies doesn't provide enough people to do shots. I think the pharmacies are doing a great job. Those who are participating, but what is it? A hundred to 200 of them. 
There are a lot of areas that aren't being covered. The governor's recognized that finally this week by saying we're going to have some regional clinics run by, by county health county health agencies. But I think it's time to open the door. Other states have gone farther. Other We've now gone to the 65 and older. I just... And we also know that part of the problem in Arkansas is a lot of people are not getting the shots. Only half of the people who are 70 and over who are the most at risk of dying from it, first uh, first responders, firefighters, and police are not getting the shots. I don't know if they think they're invulnerable or what, but in a state where people aren't getting the shots, I think we ought to, I, I think for one thing, opening up the shots and more people getting them would produce some social pressure on the people who are holding back to get the shots done. Okay. Well, let's, let's leave it there and move on uh, to our final topic. And that's the announcement that Alice Walton will build a med school in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, You know why, why we might as well just move the state capital to Bentonville and be done with it. But, but this is, you know, it's well. Number it, it, there, there's so many things you can say about it. Number number one, that the wealth of the Waltons is beyond the kin of mortal man. That it's so large you can underwrite the world's wealthiest art museum, and then also start a med school, which is not a cheap proposition. A, a cost hadn't been put on this, and this is in a state where. We now already have four med schools to begin with. I mean, we have one in Fort Smith and Jonesboro. They're osteopathic schools, regular MD granting med school in Little Rock. But they've already they've already opened a Northwest branch of UAMS, and UAMS is being very careful about it because they've received a lot of Walton money over the year, and and the and the Walton effort will be a partner with UAMS to some degree, but they really seem to be intent on being a full-fledged med school in their own right. Part of this is, is growing out of the, the business community in Northwest Arkansas that just wants to have more med students up there and more doctors up there because hospitals are big business. And if they can turn out more specialists up there, they can get more dollars and have more rich doctors' houses and sell more Mercedes, Benzes, and everything else that goes with with a with healthcare. I mean, UAMS is eleven thousand jobs in Little Rock, and I shudder to think what it would be like without those jobs here. So yeah, it's a huge economic engine. I mean, there there is this about Alice Walton. She'd earlier set up this Institute of Whole Health, and with the view that. The healthcare system in America is mostly about treating sick people rather than creating healthy people. And, and you know, as far as it goes, that's, a, I mean, that's an, an inarguable point of view. And she thinks her institute and her med school will kind of establish a beachhead for changing the whole direction of health in, in America toward this more holistic approach to healthcare. And... Well, I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty big battleship to turn around, but uh, on on the the merits alone of the argument, I, I don't think that's a nutty idea. Uh, at some point, even the Waltons' wealth might not be enough to accomplish that, though. But the Walton pattern often in, in these things is to provide some seed money and then hope other matching money or else government money will pick up the slack. I mean, I, I can't see the Waltons financing a med school forever, but, and, and there are, there is government support for, 
for medical specialists and and, and and what have you. So I, I don't I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm sure they've studied it and they've got a plan, but as yet we haven't been made privy to, to what the details of that are. Well, it's something we will certainly continue to watch. Well, let's move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? Well, it's kind of a half endorsement. And you know how I am about titles. The movie about the Black Panther killing Judas. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. I, I watched it this week, and it's, well, it wasn't as good as I expected it to be. I mean, for one thing, it's mostly just a telling of this terrible tale. But, I mean, there's there's good acting in it, and it's it's pretty grippingly done. But. I mean, the real story is it's worth seeing because it's instructive about how abusive our government was and how it wasn't very long ago that we just did grotesquely illegal things to black people because of the threat that they perceived to present to people like J. Edgar Hoover. And it's just, I mean, they murdered him, you know. I mean, that's just what they murdered this 21-year-old guy. They just did. And I don't think there's really anybody that could could argue otherwise today. And I think it's just well remembering how how bad things can happen when government authority gets out of hand. And that was that was one of those cases. So anyway, I, I recommend it. But but for, for somehow or another, it was just kind of flat. I, I just didn't. I, I don't know. I, I can't quite explain it, and and why I just felt like it wasn't as good as it was made out to be but it might it might be my point of view you know it might be that sort of systemic racism that that somehow a white guy looking at the situation that black people were in I, i'm just not sufficiently engaged in it but i was i was pretty outraged watching it i'll tell you that because it's some pretty horrible stuff that was done yeah i haven't seen it yet uh it's gotten mixed reviews though so i don't think you're that far out out of bounds well well, well uh, good then because I, I i don't know i i made been made to think it was just a must see and it was it was okay yeah i i felt similarly about the trial of the chicago seven which i think has some overlap to it same th- same thing i did too same thing i mean i wasn't mad that i watched it but i didn't think it was great it was fine it had some parts that were interesting, and I didn't know that story fully. But uh, I'm going to endorse the uh, short story collection After Rain by the Irish writer William Trevor, which I'm about three-fourths of the way through. Uh, I think it's from 1996. He had a long career that I believe started in the 60s and went maybe into the early aughts. I think he's dead now. I'm not sure. He's If he's not, he's very old. But um, I'd... I'd never read any of his short stories, and they're great. I mean, they're Alice Monroe great. Um, you know, they they range from stories about tragedy to kind of quiet relationships, but the it's just like such exacting prose, and they're all really tight. You can read them, read each short story in in one sitting, easily. So, well, this this is a funny question, but I was going to ask you. How long are the short stories? Because I like a long short story. Really? You know. Well, yeah, because if they're too short, I mean, generally speaking, the length of the fiction you get in the New Yorker is about is generally my cup of tea. Somewhat longer short stories. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there are a few that are a little bit longer, but 
I would say they're, you know, 10 to 12 pages on average. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's, I mean, I just like some development, I guess. Yeah, you know, that, I think um, sometimes, though, if you can, if you can create a world and still be pithy, that's, that's a skill. And oh, sure. It's, well, they, all, that, they always said in journalism, it's harder to write short than long. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to tell that to our friend David Ramsey, who writes for the Arkansas News <laughs> Network. We're, we, uh, I'll, I'll plug this. For anybody who cares about Medicaid expansion, which is a hugely important thing, uh, Dave has just published, and we'll have on the Arkansas Times shortly, the exhaustive explainer uh, about um, Arkansas Home, it's called now. Well, I hope the bottom line is it doesn't mean much. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it, it is, it's value judgment free, but it would be hard to take anything away than it's a lot of nothing. And, yeah, that, yeah. And a lot of layering on bureaucracy where it does not need to be. It's just a fig leaf, you know. It's a Potemkin health plan. That's, that's all. I also think the Biden administration is going to view a lot of it very skeptically. Well, except the, the beauty of it is, if it has any beauty, is I'm not sure how they're going to object because the worst thing that can happen to you is you end up being covered by Medicaid. You know? I mean... Yeah, but there there is uh yeah, well, you'll have to read the piece, but yeah. I, I think there's if it's viewed as a penalty, if Medicaid is viewed as a penalty, they may not approve it, which is sort of a funny concept, but Well, right, but I mean, but how can, how can how can they say that? That's kind of my point. Yeah. I mean, it 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 can be a penalty because as as people have said, you might live somewhere where they don't have any doctors to take Medicaid. So you you know you might have to go somewhere to find a doctor that'll treat you, but but anyway, well, I, I look forward. To, yeah, yeah, David's first effort on this was pretty long too. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you around.